This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We are learning Parashat Terumah Wednesday night, Har Lebanon, corner of Avenue S and East 9th. I'd like to thank everybody that comes every Wednesday night. I'd like to thank Torah Anytime viewers and listeners and Jerry's viewers and listeners. In this week's Parashat, Parashat Terumah, Hashem commands us to erect a tabernacle, a mishkan. A mishkan is really a mini Beit HaMikdash. It was a traveling Beit HaMikdash, 40 years in the desert, until they finally got to Eretz Israel, got rid of all their enemies. Finally, Hashem commands Shlomo Melech many years later to erect the Beit HaMikdash. But it all started really from the Mishkan. We're learning this parasha, Le'alun Shmat Hayim Yehuda Ben Tere Ruach Hashem Tenehinu Begain Eden. One of the, if you want to call it a vessel, or one of the items that was in the Mishkan was the Aaron. The Aaron was one of the holiest um, structures, if you want to say, one of the holiest um, vessels, one of the holiest things, for lack of a better word, in the Mishkan. Be it because the Aaron contained inside of it the Luhota Ibn, the Luhot that Moshe Rabbeinu broke, and also the Luhot that Moshe Rabbeinu brought down the second time around. It also contained the man, and it also contained, according to some opinions, the mate of Moshe Rabbeinu. How exactly does the mate fit in the Aaron? I don't know. But according to one midrash, the mate of Moshe Rabbeinu fit, the mate is the stick, the staff of Moshe Rabbeinu, it fit in the Aaron. Maybe it folded, right? Maybe it had like one of those buttons from, from the 99 cent store, you press it and it folds and... Uh, doesn't matter if it was Aaron's or Moshe Rabbeinu's, the opinion says that the mate fit in the Aaron, which is bewildering in and of itself. So the Pasuk, when Hashem commands us to build an Aaron, it says, Ve'asu, notice the word Ve'asu, and they shall make. All the other vessels, all the other uh, kelim, that's the correct word, kelim, rewind, kelim. Out of all the kelim that Hashem commands us to, uh, fashion in the Mishkan, it says, Ve'asita, or it says, um, Ve'ya'as. Here by the Aaron, it says, Ve'asu, which means collectively, all together, Ve'asu Aaron, Aseshitim. You make it first out of wood, and then it tells you the measurements. Amatayin Ve'hetsi Orko, two and a half, it should be its length. Ve'amavahetsi Ruhbo, its width should be two and a half. Ve'amavahetsi Kumato, and its height should be, Ve'amavahetsi a ma and a half. But then it says something beautiful. The Aaron was the only keli in the Mishkan that was gold-plated inside and outside. It was made out of Aseshitim. However, they plated it gold. And on top of that gold, they also put another cover of gold. The only keli in the Mishkan that was entirely made out of gold. You have to understand why. The Gemara says, Amar kol talmit hacham, she'en tocho kebaro, eno talmit hacham. Any, now it doesn't say rabbi, doesn't say rab, it says talmit hacham. Talmit hacham means the layman that learns Torah. Each one of us is considered a talmit hacham. A tamid hacham, that his inside is not the same as the outside, he is not considered a tamid hacham, which means his Torah means nothing in the eyes of Hashem. Amar Rabbi Shemuel bar Nahmani, Amar Rabbi Yonatan. Rabbi Shemuel bar Nahmani says in the name of Rabbi Yonatan, My dikhtib, what is the meaning of the pasuk in Mishle that says, Lama ze mehir beyat kesil liknot chokmah veleb ayin? Why does this fool have so much money to buy, to invest in knowledge, but he has no heart? What is the meaning of this pasuk? He has money to acquire knowledge, but he's missing the heart. Which means, a person, as we, we learned last week, you have to have Torah and Derech Eretz. Today it's something else. Today there's many people that they learn Torah, however they're missing it at Shamaim. They're missing fear of heaven. Now you're going to ask me, how could it be that a person learns Torah, but he doesn't have fear of heaven? Could be many reasons. Could be because he's learning Torah, because that's the in thing to do. Everybody's going to class, let me go to class. 
or he's using it for his own honor and glory, or he's using it to propel his own agenda in life, or he's using it because he wants money, or for fame, or any other reason. That's not really called you're learning Torah. That means you're learning Torah, but you have no fear of heaven. How do you know if a person does have fear of heaven? When he learns Torah, and he keeps everything that he learns. He goes to class, and he learns it's a sur to do this, and then you don't catch him in the middle of the night doing the very thing against what he learned. There's people that learn many, a lot of Torah, but they're missing it at Shamayim. There's no fear of heaven. Gemara Masechet Yoma. Ayin bet amud bet. Machriz Rabbi Rabbi used to announce and always say this. Haval adelet le darta vetarale darta abid. Woe unto the person that doesn't have uh, orchard or doesn't have uh, hatser, doesn't have a courtyard, but he goes and he builds a door for the courtyard. Meaning Daniel, he's missing the courtyard, but he goes, imagine this, a person, he's building his house, right? Now it's, it's totally leveled. There's nothing there. The first thing that he goes and buys, he buys a door. And he tells the contract, he tells the Spanish guys, he tells the Spanish guys, I want you to put this door right now. Excuse me, there's no house right now. What do you want to know? I want the door right here because everybody knows that I have a door. If you don't have a structure, what are you buying a door for? So Rabbi Anai says, what is the meaning of that? HaTorah enna ela sha'ar likanes ba lir'at shamayim. Lachen sarich shetagdim lo yir'at shamayim. Your structure in life, your very main building you should construct for yourself, build for yourself, is yir'at shamayim. The Torah is only to help you Continue your Achamaim, but you should first establish for yourself your Achamaim. Woe unto the people that go and fashion a door, erect a door, buy a door that is a Torah, but they're missing the structure, which is your Achamaim. Which means Rabbi Anai is telling us over here, you have to be like the Aaron. The Aaron was gold plated inside and outside. You have to be gold yourself in life. You have to have Torah and your Achamaim. You can't have one without the other. You have to have Torah and Yirat Shamaim. And we said last week, Derech Eret is more important than Torah. Here Rabbi Nain is teaching us, Yirat Shamaim is more important than learning Torah. You know why? Because when a person goes to class, maybe he's learning a beautiful story, or a beautiful mashal, or a midrash, or gemara, or a beautiful lesson when he's in class. Now when he leaves class, he has the choice whether to keep all his learning in his mind, or it should go out the next ear. If he has no yid achamayim, it's very easy for him to, lo- to lose it all, to forget it all. If he has yid achamayim, if he has fear of heaven, if he understands Hashem is watching him 24-7, and everything I learned, I didn't just learn it because it was a nice story, a nice anecdote, or a nice mashal, or a nice ma'aseh in the Gemara, or something nice I have to learn from. No, you have to take this, continue with it, in the streets. It's like many times you see the people, they come to class, they don't have a kippah in the street, but they take the kippah in the bucket, in the shoe. They put it on their heads. Then before they leave, they take the kippah and they put it back in the bucket. That means, are you really coming to learn because you want to grow in your achamayim or no? How do you know when a person really has your achamayim? When a person has the kippah on his head 24-7. Because a Yehudi is not only a Yehudi in a bet Knesset. A Yehudi is not only a Yehudi when he comes and learns Torah. A Yehudi is a Yehudi, he means he has Yirat Shamayim wherever he goes in life. Don't tell me that it's very scary to wear a kippah, and it's dangerous to wear a kippah. We've seen many people that have a kippah on their heads, and Baruch Hashem, nothing happened to them. You know when problems happen to those people? When they, got, when they start getting scared of wearing a kippah in the streets, then they have problems. But when they know... That Yirat Shamayim carries over from the shul onto the street, onto the workplace. Meaning you can't come to class and learn business ethics. You can't come learn the halachot of ribit, halachot of neshech, halachot of business. But then go into business and do the very exact opposite of what you learned. That means you don't have Yirat Shamayim. You have Torah, but you don't have Yirat Shamayim. You have the Aaron which is gold-plated on the outside. But on the inside, 
you don't have it. You have Torah on the outside for everybody to see that you're learning Torah. But on the inside, you don't have your Achalayim. That's what Rabbi Anna is telling us. The Aaron was the only thing that was gold-plated inside and outside. you know why? Because the Aaron contained the Torah. The Torah, you have to carry the Torah wherever you go. In the shoe and outside the shoe. Torah imir achamayim. There's a Gemara Masechet Barachot, I'm sure you all know. Tavchaf het amud alif. When Rabban Gamliel was the Nasi, was the leader of the Jews, he used to make an announcement. In my yeshiva, in my yeshiva, the only people that are allowed entrance are the people shetocho kebaro. Which means your inside and the outside is the same. Meaning, don't just come and learn Torah and when you leave the class, you're going to do the exact opposite. No. I want a person that will carry over all the learning, inside and outside. And as you can imagine, he had very few students. Because it's a very high level to achieve. A person that has your Achamayim and Torah at the same time, it's very hard to achieve. So what happened? People didn't like Rabban Gamliel's policy. So what they do? They got rid of Rabban Gamliel. They put Rabbi Al-Azhar bin Azariah. When they put Rabbi Al-Azhar bin Azariah, he got rid of the Shomer Petah. He got rid of the bodyguard, of the bouncer. Even yeshivas have bouncers. They want to know who's really coming to learn Torah. Because by the way, you know, here we don't charge to learn Torah. There's many ads I saw, many different places I don't want to mention, but the admission is $15. Imagine if we got $15 ahead over here. Where does the money go to? I'm sure it goes to a worthy cause, to Sadaqah, 100%. But we don't charge over here. In the time of Rabban Gamliel, they used to charge. So we, we wanted to see who's really coming to learn Torah. Not that they wanted the money, Hasbi Shalom. Rabban Gamliel didn't need the money, he was well to do. We want to see who Be'emit wants to come learn Torah. How do we know? Hilal. Hilal used to make $2 every week. $1 he used to use for yeshiva, and $1 for his house. We know the famous story, what happened. He, he gave that dollar that to go into the entrance of the yeshiva to his wife. The, the, the $1 that he had for the, for the food to his wife. The other dollar, he was about to go into yeshiva. He saw an ani, he saw a poor person in the street. He gave him, now he's stuck. He has no money. He comes to the, to the bouncer. He says, I'd like to get in. Cash. I don't have, let me in. Excuse me. No, I don't let you in. He goes all, up, all the way up to the roof. He puts his ear by the skylight in order to learn Torah. Why? Because he really wanted to learn Torah. So back to our story. Rabban Gamliel, when they got rid of Rabban Gamliel, when they replaced him with Rabbi Al-Azab bin Azariah, they got rid of the Shomer Petah. They got rid of the person that doesn't allow everybody to come in. If you're Tochokebaro, meaning if you have your Achamayim, if you're a God-fearing Jew, and you learn Torah together at the same time, you carry over all the learning in the shul, in the class, outside to the streets, we'll let you in. If not, we won't let you in. He got rid of him. The Gemara says when he got rid of him, they... Added 400 saf salim, 400 benches. Now let's imagine, if each bench, if anybody remembers cafeteria, in my cafeteria in school, in elementary, not in high school, in high school, mashallah, we had tables and chairs, everybody had their own chair, right? In elementary school, I remember, we used to sit on benches. Now let's just see, if each bench, let's say, takes three, three, three people, right? With extra legroom, jablu, right? If everybody sits on a bench, three people sit on a the bench. They added 400 stuff, so that means 1,200 students came in. The Gemara continues and says, Some people say, no, they added 700. Imagine what kind of yeshiva it was. It was huge yeshiva. 700 safsalim benches. 700 times three, we have 2,100 extra students. This is under, under the new policy of Rebil Azab and Azariah. But the question is, how did this Shomera Petah know if a person has Yirat Shamaim or not? Zindi, I want to ask you a question. You come to Yeshiva, right? The Shomera Petah sees you, he just looks at you, and he knows right away if you're a God-fearing You are. He looks at you right away to see if you're a God-fearing, God-fearing Jew. He sees if you're not, but Minan, bye-bye, no entrance. The question is, how did the Shomer Petah by Rabban Gamliel's time know who was a God-fearing Jew or not? So the Rebbe of Siddhagura, Siddhagura is a sect of Hasidut, he says, you know how he knew? The Shiva doors were locked with a master lock. What was the point of the Shomer Petah To intimidate the people. 
and what intimidation? They would see that it was locked. They would tell them, can, you, can we go in? No. So now, there's two kinds of people. There's one person that says, oh, he didn't let me in, it's locked, I'm going go. There's another person that goes from the back door. He breaks the door down. He breaks the window like Hillel. Like Hillel. You see why Hillel, he got to be the Hillel Hazaken. That all the Mishnayot and everything that we have now from Hillel, all the Zeknim, all the Talmidim, Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai, and everybody was a Talmid of Hillel Hazaken. Why? Because when he said, the Shemir HaPedah won't let me in, it's locked. Master lock, I can't get in. He didn't go back home. He was a God-fearing Jew. He went around back. It's closed. He went up to the skylight to hear Torah. That's how you know if a person is gold-plated on the inside and on the outside. There's two kinds of Jews. There's a Jew that only is God-fearing when people around him see him that he's God-fearing. But when there's nobody around him, oh, you don't know what he does in closed doors. But there's another Jew that takes all the Torah learning and he carries it over into the workplace, into the house, even when nobody's seeing him. That's tocho kebaro. Tocho, the inside, kebaro, on the outside. Now, with that being said, we have to understand one thing. Hashem commanded us to establish, to erect a tabernacle, a mishkan. Rashi says, that this mishkan that you build in the desert, in the, in the midbar, you should carry it over ledorot. In every generation, you should build a mishkan. Where is the mishkan today? Is it in the new building, that building on Avenue V in Ocean Parkway? Where is it? Is it in mishkan Eliyahu? There's a shul called mishkan Eliyahu, but that's not the mishkan. It's inside of you. That's why we started the class by saying, tocho kebaro. You have to build the Mishkan inside of you. What was the point of the Mishkan, Rabotai? The point of the Mishkan was for Hashem's presence to dwell inside of it. Today we don't have the tabernacle, we don't have the Mishkan, we don't have the Bet HaMikdash. Bring Hashem's presence inside of your house, inside of your hearts, inside of your mind, inside of your life. Make room for Hashem. There was, there's a sefer by the name of Nefesh Hayim, written by the Hayim of Velazhin, the main disciple of the Gaon of Vilna. And he says, Hamishkan vaham mikdash, hayu kolelim, kola kohot vaholamot, vahola sidre kudushot kulam. I don't know what he's saying. I mean, that's how deep, that's how deep he's speaking right now. He's saying Hashem took everything in the higher heavens, in the upper heavens, all the malachim, all the Shemot kodesh, all the spirituality, and brought it inside of the Mishkan, of the Bet HaMikdash. Kol Betav, Vegeneskav, Aliyotav, Vehadara, Vechol Kele Kodesh, Kulam Hayu Bedugma Aliyona. When people used to enter the Mishkan, see how much we're missing today. When people used to enter the Mishkan, or the Bet HaMikdash, when they used to enter, they were able to feel God. That's how much God's presence was inside. Halavai, if only we should feel God's presence inside the shul that we wouldn't be on our phones. If we only felt God's presence inside the shoe, we wouldn't speak to anybody in the time of, of praying because we feel God. They actually felt God inside the Mishkan. He continues and says, Salem, Demut, Tavnit ha'olamot ha'kedoshim, ve'sidre pirkeh ha'merkabah. They were able to see God's chariot. Kabiachol, you can't see God because he has no form, he has no image of a form. But it's as if they were able to see God. Hema yesado David u'shmuel hakol miyad Hashem. David ha'melech and Shemuel one night, all in one night, sat down, drew up the blueprint for the Bet HaMikdash. Bet Sarel ben Uri ben Hur drew up the blueprint for the Mishkan. For the Beit HaMikdash was David and Shemuel HaNabi. And Hashem says, the only reason why I want you to build the Mishkan is because I want my presence to dwell inside of the Mishkan. Midrash Tanhuma Parashat Naso. HaKadosh Baruch HaOlam Patahtonim Keshem Ba'alyonim. Now where does Hashem reside right now? In the upper heavens. However, Hashem wanted to leave everything behind and dwell amongst us. 
Meaning, you know how there's some people that have two homes. They have a home here and they have a home in Deal. Or they have a home in Florida or a vacation home. Now, if I were to ask you, where do you think God's main home is? You would tell me, in the heavens. The Midrash over here tells us that his secondary home is the heaven. His main home, he wanted it to be here. You get this, Michael? Hashem wanted to leave everything behind. All the malachim, everything. They give him a lot of glory and a lot of kabod, a lot of honor. He wanted to leave everything behind and dwell amongst us. That's why he tells us about the Mishkan, the Aaron, the Menorah, the Mizbeah. Continues the Midrash and says, the main place Hashem wants to put His presence is here. So now if we know that Hashem wants to put His presence here, what are we doing in order to accept Hashem's presence amongst us? And why don't we have His presence amongst us now? as we said, there's no Mishkan. If the whole reason for the Mishkan was Hashem to put a Shekhinah into the Mishkan. If there's no Mishkan, that means there's no Shekhinah. So where exactly is Hashem today? Comes the Pasuk and says, Ve'asulim Mikdash, Ve'shachanti, Ve'tocham. Let them build for me a sanctuary, and I will dwell amongst them. Now the apparent problem with this pasuk is, it should say, Let them build for me a sanctuary and I will put my presence in the sanctuary. It doesn't say that, Michael. It says, let them build for me a sanctuary and then I will put my presence inside of them. Meaning, imagine this. We have a building, an edifice by the name of the Mishkan. Or better yet, Beit HaMikdash. Via the Beit HaMikdash, Shekhinah, it goes inside of each individual's home. So meaning the main place Hashem resides was the Beit HaMikdash, the Mishkan. And then it sprouts out, it spreads out into the hearts of each and every single Jewish person. But it all starts from this world. Hashem leaves everything behind. He leaves His main house. He doesn't want his main house. He'd rather be inside of our world. So now each one of you is asking, so if Hashem wants to be inside of our world, how come he's not amongst us today? There's a pasuk in Yirmiyah that says, Hechal Hashem, Hechal Hashem Hema. You and you and you and everyone here is a sanctuary of Hashem. Hashem wants to dwell inside of you. Hashem wants to live inside your heart. However, how come Hashem is not living inside my heart? How come I don't feel Hashem? There was once a person, he calls a travel agent. He's in America and he wants to do Aliyah Le'eris Israel. He calls a travel agent and he says, I want a house, I want a dira in Eretz Israel, location, location, location. I want it to be with four bedrooms, two bathrooms, with a balcony, and I want it to be in a perfect area. He says, I got you, don't worry, I'll take care of you. The guy gathers all his bags, he makes aliyah to Eretz Israel, he finally, uh, finally arrives to Eretz Israel, to the place where the travel agent told him to go in, he opens the door, and lo and behold, he sees a family living in the apartment. And he says, uh, excuse me, what are you doing here? So we've been living here for 10 years. He calls right away the travel agent. He says, excuse me, well, I, told you, I told you the requirements I want. And I got you what you wanted. Four bedrooms, five bedrooms, you got it. Two bathrooms, you got it. A balcony, you got it. Location, 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 you got it. He says, but excuse me, there's people living in the apartment. He says, you never told me you wanted it empty. You want Hashem to dwell inside of you? You have to empty your heart. You have to empty your heart and your life and your body 
from the external things driving Hashem away. Hashem loves us so much, He wants to dwell inside of us. But sometimes we don't allow Him to dwell inside of us because we have so much external things that He, he can't. He really wants to come in. We, we gave this example last night in the Arabic class in a totally different uh, subject. But we said, if you have a cup over here filled to the brim, filled all the way up top, right? You can't put anything else. It, it won't take anything else. It can't contain anything else. You want Hashem to come, you have to make yourself empty, an empty cup. Bring Hashem inside of your life. But Hashem will only come inside of your life if you make a place for Him to come inside of your life. I could only live in this apartment if it's empty. doesn't matter if you tell me that inshallah there's 100 bedrooms in the house. But if there's people living inside of it, I can't live. Hashem says, I want to live in your house, in your apartment, in your soul, in your mind, in your heart, in your life. But if you have things that are driving me away, if you don't have your at shamayim, that's why I told you in the beginning of the class, you have to have Torah and your at shamayim together. You have to be a God-fearing Jew at all times. If there's things in your life that are making Hashem move away from you, or driving Hashem has v'shalom away from you, you have to get rid of those things. If you want beracha in your life, if you want blessing in your life, if you want shefa in your life, you have to get rid of everything that's against Hashem. Everything that Hashem is not fond of. Everything that Hashem... Dis, dis, dislikes everything Hashem does not like abhors disgusts from you must get rid of it it's not enough to come to class it's beautiful it, it is but you must carry it over you have to have Torah and your Achamayim they asked Rabbi Levi Yitzhak of Berdichov once when he was five years old they told him Levi Yitzhak we'll give you a dollar if you tell us where God is found he said, I'll give you two dollars if you tell me where he's not found. Meaning Hashem is everywhere. But you have to let him in. They asked once the Koska Rebbe. They said, where is God? You know what he answered them, Rabbi? Where is God not? Meaning, where, where, tell me where God, where God is. Where, is where, where isn't God? That's better. Where, where is, Hashem is kebodo. You're right. So if God is everywhere, how come I don't feel Him in my life? Because you have things, and you have so much baggage. Right? What does it say in the Mizmor on Sunday? Who is able to go all the way up to the mountain and stay there? If you ask anyone that rock climbs, or anybody that's into that sport, if you want to go all the way up, to the highest mountain, you got to get rid of some baggage. You can't come and have with you all your problems and all your worries and all your cell phones and all your devices and your laptops and everything that's bombarding you and pushing you down and expect to go all the way up in Yerat Shamaim and expect to have blessing in your life. You have to be willing to sacrifice something. Something. And we all know what we can sacrifice. We all know there's always that one thing that I really don't need it. And I know that if I get rid of it, oh, God will surely come into my life. Bless me, of course, with all the blessings. So get rid of it. What's stopping you? You want beracha in your life? You have to have Torah and your achamayim. You have to be gold-plated from the inside and from the outside. Hashem, when Hashem created the world, He created the world as a mini Beit HaMikdash. The whole world was a mini Beit HaMikdash. However, when Adam Arishon sinned and he ate from the tree of knowledge, he drove Hashem all the way up. Now Hashem says, I don't want to come back down because I fear that people will sin like Adam Arishon. And he was very justified in his reasoning. Why? Because we saw what happened with the generations to come. We have Adam Arishon, Dora Mabul, Dor Sedom. We have and what happened later. Finally, he takes them out of Misraim and he says, Now I cleansed you of everything. You have no more tum'ah, no more impurity. Now you could build a Mishkan for me. So they built a Mishkan. And the Mishkan was to atone, by the way, for the Heta Egel. Now, in chronological order, it's really Terumah, Tetzaveh, and then Kitisa. But really, Kitisa happened first. And then when Hashem forgave them for the sin of the golden calf, or as somebody told me today, it's called the green calf. 
because we believe in money so much, it became like the green calf. So when Hashem forgave them the next day after Kippur for the golden calf, He tells them now build the Mishkan. In the Torah, it's not written like that. But the Mishkan was to atone for the Heta Aigil. So they built the Mishkan. However, even when they had the Mishkan, they were still sinning. Hashem says, my whole agenda was to leave my main house and to make this my main house. But what can I do? You're driving me away from you. How much more do you want of me? Imagine this. Hashem is telling us, build Kelim, build Aaron, build Shulchan, Menorah, build the Kior, cleanse yourself before going in, Nitzlat Yadayim. No, Hashem, we can't do it. It's too much. Everything we have today, everything we do today is a mini Mishkan. We clean our hands before eating bread because that's what the Kohanim used to do. Everything we have today is a mini Mishkan. Because one day, very soon, God willing, in our days, when the Mishkan, when the Beit HaMikdash comes back to be rebuilt, we already know the, we already know the laws. We already, we're so used to doing the Tilat Yadayim that right away when you go into Beit HaMikdash, we already know the Beit we already know the rules of the Beit HaMikdash, the Tilat Yadayim. So it means Hashem wants to prepare us for Him to dwell amongst us. But sometimes, as we said, sometimes we do things to drive away Hashem. And that is the biggest destruction in our life. The Hurbana Bayit, the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash and the Mishkan, the Mishkan wasn't destroyed by the way. The Mishkan was hidden under the, under the ground Still today, still under the ground. The Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. However, it was, it seemed the Abanim. It was wood and stone that was destroyed. But even worse than the destruction of the stones and the bricks and the wood is the destruction that people do every single day to drive away Hashem from their life. That's the Hurban in a person's life. You have to build for yourself a Mishkan. I want to live amongst you. I love you so much. Please, I'm asking you, don't drive me away. We can start off, as we said, in the shul. But again, it has to carry over into the house, into the workplace, how you deal with people. Yirat Shamaim is not only to the shul. Yirat Shamaim has to carry over all over. So now we ask the question in the beginning, If Hashem dwells amongst the angels and He gets all the honor and glory, why did Hashem create a world? If Hashem has angels serving Him, listening to Him, He could have given them the Torah. Why did Hashem create the world? Because as we know, Hashem is all-encompassing kindness. Hashem is pure kindness. And when a person's kind, when a person's good, he wants to do good with others. Hashem can't do good with the malachim. You know why Hashem can't do good with the malachim? Because what's if I ask you, what's your form of kindness? What what does Hashem do with you to determine if that's kindness or not? So many people say he gives me food, he gives me a wife, he gives me children. Very good. Those are great answers. That's missing with the malachim. Malach doesn't eat. Malach doesn't get married. He doesn't have children. So Hashem wants to do good with the world. He can't do good with the angels because they're limited. So Hashem has to create a world in order from His good to give over to the world. Listen to the Pasuk we say every day. Translation. To you, Hashem, is the greatness and heroism and glory and eternity and majesty. Let's focus on the first, first word, greatness. What makes a person great? If I drink a cup of tea, does that make me great? No. If I give this cup of tea to you, that makes me great. When I give of myself to you, when I do kindness with another person, that's called being a great person. When we say Hashem is great, Lecha Hashem Hashem, you have greatness inside of you. That means Hashem doesn't keep everything to Himself. He gives it over to you. You know, money belongs to Hashem. But Hashem does a kindness with you 
and it gives it to you. It's not that you made the money. Hashem made the money. Hashem made your wife. Hashem made your children. He's doing a kindness with you. He's giving it over to you. And the only thing that He requires of you is to just keep His Torah and mitzvot. I think that's a fair deal. I mean, you're getting children, Baruch Hashem. Getting children, beautiful children. Hashem should give all of us beautiful children. In exchange of waking up in the morning and putting tefillin on. Wow, I think that's a fair deal. Hashem is giving you food to eat, drinks to drink, and He wants you to be Shomer Shabbat. I think that's a fair deal. Hashem wants of you to fear Him, to have it at Shemaim. He's great. He's all great. He's all kind. He's doing kind with you. He's doing kindness with you. He's doing great things with you. He has what he, He's taking what He has and giving it over to you. So he's doing good things with you. And all he asks of you is to do good with him. What's the good that you could do with God? Just to fear God. In fact, Moshe Rabbeinu says it in Parashat Aikim. Ma Hashem Elohecha shu'el me'imach ki im et Hashem Elohecha. The only thing Hashem wants is for you to fear Hashem. That's all. You can't be a person from the outside in front of people's eyes. I learned Torah. But on the inside, I do what I want to do. That's not called a God-fearing person. That means only superficial. But you're not taking everything you're learning, bringing it on the inside. And does Hashem do kindness with us? The biggest kindness Hashem did with us today was we woke up in the morning. Today, a person in the community passed away. Father left over. I mean, his kids are married, Baruch Hashem, but nothing, nothing. He wasn't sick. Had a heart attack and passed away. We woke up in the morning. That's not kindness. What does he ask of us? Do birkat amazon after you eat bread. Ah, I can't. Do you have any mazonot bread around over here? you have any mazonot? I can't do birkat amazon. Because birkat amazon, you know, it's so, it's so long. It's only four minutes, by the way, but it's so long. I can't. It's only... Really? Look how much Hashem gave you. And this is how you repay Hashem? You say, I, I can't eat bread? It's too long. Give me mezonot bread. By the way, this is she'elah, by the way. If, if the bread today is really considered mezonot or not. They put apple juice, so it's got to be mezonot. It's not that easy. Right? It's not that easy. It's because the thing says apple juice, right? They put 1% of apple juice, 99% of water. It says apple juice, it's mezonot. Listen, before you start being a hacham, please ask the question first, okay? The Pasuk and Tehillim says, V'ligdulato en hekir. There is no limit to the abundance of kindness that He gives us. Oh, unbelievable, Hashem. Hashem gives us so much, and He doesn't require from us, Ella, one thing, just fear me, just to have fear of heaven on the inside and on the outside. He continues the Nefesh Jahayim and says, Now, we don't have a Mishkan. We don't have a Mikdash. But you yourself are the Mishkan. You yourself are the temple. You are the temple. You are the sanctuary. You are the Beit HaMikdash. If you like, the Sephorno and other rabbis, other Mefarshim, explain to you how every organ in your body corresponds to a different vessel in the Mishkan. The Aaron to the brain and to the, to the, to the, to the heart and the Menorah to the brain and something else to the eyes. Something beautiful, which means you could take the whole Mishkan, bring it inside of you, and that's how you worship Hashem. What, do you think the only Abodah was in the Mishkan, in the Beit HaMikdash? When you pray three times a day, every single day, it's called Abodah. Because that's how you worship God, which means you yourself are a sanctuary to bring sacrifices to God. A person can elevate himself to such a high level. It's an unbelievable level. You know, there was a great rabbi by the name of Rabbi Baruch Ber Lebovitz. When Rabbi Baruch Ber came to New York, the mayor at that time was Jimmy Walker. He presented him with the key to the city. And his words were, Now I know that Darwin was wrong. Only such a holy man could have been created by God. For a goy to be amazed by a Yehudi, I mean, that's the top level. 
That's what we all strive for, to make a Kiddush Hashem. That is the level that we want to achieve. For people to look at us and say, this is what a person should look like. Now I know that human beings didn't come from apes. Didn't come from monkeys. When I see a rabbi like this, carrying himself beautifully, walking in such presence, walking with God fear, with Hashem's Yerem Malka on top of him. Yerem Malka, this is called the Yom Malka, because Yerem Malka, Hashem, you have, you have fear of heaven on top of you. It's inside of you and on the outside of you. It's the Choke When people look at you, now they know. Now they know you're really an illustrious person. The Zera Kodesh, Rab Nafsali of Rabchi says on the Pasuk, Ve'asuli Mikdash Ve'shachanti Betocham. He says there's five words in this Pasuk. Ve'asuli Mikdash Ve'shachanti Betocham. Five words. There are 21 letters in this Pasuk. Now, real quick, if we do the quick math, 21 plus 5 is 26. He says, Shem's name, Yudke Vavke, is 26. He says, when you create a Mishkan inside of your body, when you elevate yourself to be a God-fearing Jew, when you have Hashem's fear on top of you 24-7, when you're always thinking about Hashem, that Hashem resides inside of you. Five plus 21 letters is 26. You bring Hashem inside of you. But where can I bring Hashem inside of me? Well, we have a pasuk. Hashem is always in front of me. Where should I put Hashem? In my mawah and in my lev. Mawah is brain, lev is heart. Lev is numerical value 32. Mawah mem vavhet is numerical value 56. 56 plus 32, quick math, is 86. Elohim is 86. When you're always constantly thinking about God, when you bring God inside of your heart, you care for Hashem, you want to do what pleases Him, you don't want to do anything that He dislikes, you're bringing Elohim inside of your heart. Meaning you're always thinking about him. You know why? Because he's always thinking about you. Who is taking care of the Jews in the desert for 40 years from all the enemies? Just because they had the Mishkan, they were safeguarded from all the enemies, what nobody was able to see them. Hashem was taking care of them. Hashem never sleeps. The city that never sleeps. Huh? The city that never sleeps. Hashem never sleeps. Hashem takes care of all the cities. If Hashem doesn't take care of the city, if Hashem is not watching the city, they could have the best military in the world. If Hashem is not watching it, it could fall in two seconds. Hashem is watching you. Hashem only requests of you to watch Him, meaning to always think about Him. Never sleep, always thinking about Hashem. And it's really, it's really a disgrace when we sometimes, look, we're not, nobody's perfect. We're not angels. And Hashem didn't create us to be angels. And Hashem knows we have an evil inclination. But Hashem expects us every now and then, you learn something in a class, carry it over. Don't be a disgrace in front of the goyim. Because we say in Salihot, mikol am, mikol goy. We're even more disgraceful then the goyim, how could that be? How could a Yehudi say about himself that he stooped to such a level lower than the goyim? You know what the rabbis say? Because the goyim, they do only ra with their goof. But a Yehudi is required to think about Hashem 24-7. When you don't think about Hashem 24-7, in that level you're worse than a, than a goy. When we're not thinking about Hashem, when we don't have Yirat Shamayim, when we don't have Hashem's presence inside of us, when He's not inside of our hearts, inside of our brains, Ashanu Mikol Am. You know what a Yehudi Bar Minnan has the Shalom? What Tum'ah, what impurity. He could just, just by thinking the holy mind that Hashem gave you, the holy heart that Hashem gave you, the holy organs Hashem gave you to make it a mishkan 
and you're using it has the shalom to go against Hashem, you know what a disgrace that is? It's even worse than the goyim, the Zerah Kodesh says. And that's why we go back to the beginning of the parasha. We said, all the other kelim, all the other vessels, it says, ve'asita or ta'ase. But ve'asu means everyone can make himself a mishkan. doesn't matter what level you're on. Everyone is required to bring Hashem inside of their life because Hashem wants to give you blessings. Hashem loves you so much. He wants to give you an abundance of blessing in your life. Health, happiness, prosperity, you name it. Hashem wants to give it to you. Just open the door for Him. But don't be like that Jew that greeted Eliyahu Nabi when he was a fisherman. Eliyahu Nabi is walking next to the waters and he sees a fisherman. Now the fisherman had all the equipment. He went to sporting goods store, models, if they're still in business, I don't know. I'm sure they are. But he went, he bought all the equipment. He bought the right bait and the fishing rod and the, the wire of snail. Hook, thank you. It's good that you came to class tonight. He bought the right hooks and everything and he puts it down and now he's reeling it and he's throwing it in. That's what they do then, right? They throw it in. Oh, you don't know. They only help me for part of the class. Okay, thank you so much. So, so he brings it in, he throws it in the water and now he's waiting for something to bite. And Liana, he looks at him, he says, uh, what are you doing? He says, what do you think I'm doing? I'm catching fish. So what about Torah? When are you going to learn Torah? He says, Rabbi, don't get me started. My head is thick. I can't, I can't, I can't. These concepts of Torah, they don't enter my brain. Hashem didn't give me the knowledge to understand Torah. This is the man telling, excuse me, Eliyahu Nabi. Now Eliyahu Nabi obviously didn't come as Eliyahu Nabi with the white garment, you know, and the white beard. He came as an ordinary person. So he says, why aren't you learning Torah? He says, Hashem didn't give me the knowledge to learn Torah. He says, let me ask you a question. Can you give me a, a turn with the fishing rod? He says, Rabbi, what do you know about fishing? Look at the equipment that I have. It costs more than $5,000, the equipment. They have the special rod and the special bait and everything. He says, how did you learn all this? Who gave you all this knowledge? Oh, this knowledge? Hashem gave me all this knowledge. He goes, look what you're saying. Hashem gave you knowledge to catch fish. But Hashem didn't give you knowledge to learn Torah. His very Torah. Hashem didn't give you knowledge to do it. The man starts crying like a little baby. Eliana B tells him, don't cry. Everybody uses that excuse. Everybody uses the same excuse after 120 years. The first question Hashem asks us, did you learn Torah? Were you a God-fearing Jew? Did you keep the mitzvot? Hashem, what am I going to do? You didn't build me to be that kind of person. You didn't give me the brains. I didn't give you the brains. But you knew all the schools by heart, Right? The guy knows exactly, we said it one time in class, he knows exactly this, this uh, garment, what sizes he has it in, what colors he has it in, the SKU number, he knows the stock number, he knows everything. But a piece of Gemara, no. From Shamaim, they didn't give it to me. Really? Don't be like that Jew. Don't be like a person, we'll end off, end off with this. Bless you. You know, we had in the Mishkan, 48 planks of wood, and that uh, made the Mishkan stand up on its feet, if you want to say. The planks of wood were called Kerashim. Kerashim. Kerashim is also the same letters as Kesharim. You know what a Keshir is? A link, a connection. 48 planks of wood. 48 is also the numerical value of Mawah. Mem Het. With Adavav, Mawah is 48. You know what establishes you firmly in this world? You know how you can connect to God? It's all in your brain. It's your choice. It's your choice to enter Hashem in, to bring Hashem inside of your life, or God forbid, it's your choice to drive Him away from your life. It's all in your Keshid. It's all about if you want to think about Hashem or not. That if Eret Hayim says, and that's why we read this parasha right away by Hodesh Adar. Because it says, Mishanichnas Adar, Marbim Besimha. Adar is the same letters as Aleph Dar. Who's the Aleph? Hashem. 
Alufo Shalom. Aleph, Dar. Dar means, what's your name? Yosef. Dar means God. He lives. Beautiful. Exactly what we're saying. Bring God inside of your life. When now? Now is the time when we're reading this parasha to bring God inside of your life. In the Hodesh Adar, Aleph Dar, bring Hashem inside of your life. That's why Mishenichnas Adar, when you bring the Aleph Dar, when you bring God, Mishenichnas, when you bring Him inside of your life, Marbim Besimha. That's the joy that you have in your life. When you bring him inside of the Nahshaba, when you bring him inside of your heart, when you bring him inside of your soul, inside of your life, then you have all the joy in life. Then you have everything in life. We can reach such a high level. We, sometimes we take our potential for granted. You asked the Rabbi of Bells, a lady came to the Rabbi of Bells, and she said, Rabbi, please, please Rabbi, I need a barakah. I need you to do me, you have to perform for me a miracle. Rabbi, I'm in dire straits. Rabbi, you have to do something for me. So he tells her, what do you think, I'm a malach? Think I'm an angel? She says, no, you're greater than an angel. That's how she looked at the Rebbe. It's not only the Rebbe, it's every one of us. We can't take our potential for granted. We can't underestimate ourselves. We have so much potential. But the only thing is sometimes we forget it. But that's why we have to carry over what we learn in the class, we learn in the shul, we learn in the lessons, carry it over into life. We have to have Torah. It's beautiful. But we must also have Yirat Shamayim for people to look at us and say, these are the chosen people. These are the people really that could call themselves above angels. These are the people that we say they didn't come from apes and monkeys. These are the people that they're bringing God inside their life, inside their hearts, inside their minds. And with that, just like Hashem performed for us miracles in the time of Mordechai and instead in the Hodesh of Adar, Hashem should perform for us the greatest miracle by rebuilding the Beit HaMikdash, bringing the Mashiach Setkenu. I'd like to thank everybody that comes every Wednesday night to Harad Lebanon Avenue as the corner of East 9th, to our anytime viewers and listeners, Jeru's viewers and listeners. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.